Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Take your Bible and turn to Acts 14. <clears throat> Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. We're in a series called 29. And uh, I hope you have been uh, growing and learning uh, from this. I know many of you have just heard the Word of God and uh, just trusted it. You've trusted this Word, and uh, you've trusted what He spoke in it, and you're just going out and doing it. And it's just amazing the things that we're seeing God do through us. And and so that is His plan. We'll hear more about that this morning, but that is His plan. Uh, The premise behind this, if this is your first time today, the premise behind this series is this. It's called 29 for this reason. We're doing a study of the book of Acts. There's 28 chapters in the book, and we're the 29th one. That's us. That's, we're the ones that God's called to continue on the work and to move forward in the plan and to keep the Word of God moving. He established the church in the book of Acts, and he didn't intend for it to end. He didn't give us a model to live by, to go by, and then expect it to stop. That was never his plan. So I don't know what you've been taught in the past. Some people have been taught that, that the gifts cease and the Spirit of God no longer works through people and through men. We're going to hear different than that in the Word of God. We're going to see today that's not the plan. How many know God wants to use you? Amen. Come on, you. Make a person. He wants to use me. So put you, put you right there on you say me. So we're going to find out today what God wants to do. We're in Acts chapter 14. I want you to go ahead and turn there. We're going to be uh, doing this. Literally every week we read a chapter and just say, God, show us what you want us to, to learn from this. And uh, so that's what I've did, did, done this week. I've spent time praying, reading chapter 14, saying, God, highlight these things. Illuminate things in our heart. Let us know today what we should learn and take away from this. So that's what's happening. So Acts 14, where we'll be. But before we go into the reading, I just want to do this. Can we just pray one more time? Just pray and agree together one more time that every hindrance right now that's in this room that's trying to bring distraction or evil or stop what the Word of God wants to do in your life has to flee now. Amen. We're going to agree together for that right now. Make a connection with someone through a hand, through just a grabbing of a hand, putting a hand on a shoulder or whatever. Let's just connect together. Father, we're thankful right now, Lord, that we can come together as a mighty army, God, as a force for your kingdom, God. Lord, we can come together, Lord, in faith. And Lord, we can see mountains move out of our way, God. And today, Lord, we just release today the Spirit of God in this room. We come against every hindrance and stronghold today in your name, Jesus. And we believe today, God, that our ears are open. We believe today that our hearts are open and our spirits are open to receive your word, God. And we're thankful for it today. And we ask all these things in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're in Acts 14, and um, we're going to start right there at the, the first verse. Acts 14, verse 1, and it says this. It says, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews... And of the Greeks believed. This is huge. And it says, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Now, we've been, we've been in this series now. We've spent time in 13 chapters. And so we're at chapter 14. There's been a lot of things said, a lot of principles taught here. And so um, 
Uh, I, I just hope you can jump in. If you've missed any of these messages, go back. Get the Word of God in you. Listen to those messages online. Uh, our Sunday morning services are online. Wednesday nights, the Renovate Student Ministries messages are online, all on our website. Get God's Word in you. Just, just let the Word of God build your faith. So that's what I believe it's going to do today. And we're going to give you today, I'm going to give four things that God illuminated in my heart as I read this, this uh, passage this week. And the first one is this. It's in verse 1 and 2. That there will always be someone trying to poison you. Hear that. There will always be someone trying to poison you. We see in Scripture, verse 2, these unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and they poisoned their minds against the brethren. This is huge. This is a a big deal. Uh, In in our culture, when we hear that word poisoned, um, you know, we we have a different, you know, kind of uh, mindset. We think about certain things. I I come up in the era of, um, of a little dude named Mr. Yuck. Anybody know what color Mr. Yuck was? Or what else about Mr. Yuck? He was mean. Some of y'all are like, man, this is, I, see, that, that connected with you. It, this, there was a little sticker that you put on poison things. They, they wanted parents to put on things. And some of you young folks are like, man, dude. There may be an app that says Mr. Yuck. I don't know. Just I don't know. Avoid that. But we had a little sticker. And Mr. Yuck was mean. Mr. Yuck was green. And this is what you would do if you see Mr. Yuck. You avoided that substance. As a child, you saw and you learned that you need to avoid those things. And I want you to see that this word poison is even greater than that. Literally, if you study this word in the Greek, I want you to hear what this word means. Literally means, if you, if you go back and look at it from the, from the original word, it says this. It means to entreat evil, vex, hurt, or harm. To oppress, this is strong, to oppress, afflict, to embitter, render evil affected. Now, this is serious. This is literally, this is, this is evilness. This is evil. When you see this word in Scripture, when we see this, they're tried to poison their minds. This is evil. This is going to go to a place in, in this, in the, in literally within that person to where it brings an evil presence into someone. Now, this is strong. This is heavy. So, so right now, I want you to understand this. There is always someone trying to poison you. According to Scripture, we know this, that there is an enemy who is doing everything and using everything, and he's using everyone that will allow him to steal, kill, and destroy from you. That's what he's doing. He's doing that. He's using everything that he can to steal, kill, and destroy you. So we have to do certain things in Scripture. We have to renew our mind to the Scripture of God. We have to do this. We have to crucify the flesh. We have to do stuff. Some amusing words. I never heard of that, man. What does that mean? That means there's this war that's going on between our flesh and our spirit. And so we have to learn to walk in the spirit. So we have to do this. We have to begin to put on the word of God, put on the armor of God, get God's word in our heart. We renew our minds to things. Because here's the truth. There is evil sent to destroy you. I don't, I don't, I just, this is so strong. I think sometimes we just go through life and we get just relaxed in our walk or whatever. Do you see what's going on here? These guys came in, they came into Iconium, they preached the word of God, and Jews and Greeks, all of these people came together, and it says they believed and they trusted, and immediately the enemy comes in. We talked about this Wednesday night a little bit, that it's almost like that you see a lot of times if you come to Christ and you put your faith in him, that bullseye gets bigger. 
on your back. And the enemy comes after you, but you have to see this. We have this authority. That's why it's important to be here every week. Last week we learned on the authority of God that he's given us, that we walk in. Because there is this enemy out to destroy you, to bring evil. And so this is the truth today. The enemy will use anyone. You know who else he'll use? He'll use Christians. He'll use Christians. He'll use people maybe sitting on the road beside you, down below you, right now. Some of y'all are Some of y'all will get up, ease up to the next row, man. No, just stay where you're at. It's okay. It's okay. You have authority in Jesus' name. But, but he will. He'll use me. He'll use anything and anyone that will allow him to come in and to bring evil. And I don't think we see how bad this word is. This word literally, it means poison. And so this poison, I, I, I just began to think back. I thought about a story, uh, this, a serious story, a true story that happened in our family. Uh, it was our very first family cat. So the story is just starting off bad right here. I mean, it's just starting off. I mean, the first family cat that the Rogers have in their home. Now, I, I'm just, um, I want to go ahead and put this out there early let you understand something. Typically, my stories that involve cats, the cat represents what's evil. Mm, I felt Jesus when I said it. That's typically what represents evil. Please renew your mind to the fact today that in this story, this true story, evil is not represented through the cat today. You've got to have faith for this thing. You've got to step out and trust this word. So, so there's more to it. But we had this cat, and uh, the, name cat, the name, uh, cat's name was, was Callie. Was that the one I picked up on the side of the road? Okay, which was a mistake, eh? I was not walking in the spirit that day. I was walking in the flesh. And uh, so uh, I was struggling in my journey and my faith. And so uh, I made the mistake to pull over because I saw this little cat. I was dropping the kids off in the car line. And right outside the school, I saw this little bitty cat about that big. Cutest little thing. Name was Cal- name, we named it Callie. And so we brought Callie home. And so Faith and Adam were, I mean, elementary school little kids and just little guys. I'm not even sure if, if Adam was in school yet, maybe close, maybe just a young guy. And I bring Callie home, and Callie becomes a part of our family. And so uh, she, she spends and does life with us. Callie becomes a part of the Rogers family. And so she becomes part of who we are. And one day, this is what happened. We come outside, and we couldn't find Callie. And Callie had done this. Callie had gotten herself up inside the little crate that we had that she could sleep in. And she had just p- pushed all the way back to the back. And I won't get graphic, but Callie had been poisoned. And um, it, it, was, it was tough, you know, so even not a cat fan, um, that was, it was rough to, to see that and to experience that. And so, so we did something um, in, in the loving, most loving, kind way that I could represent being the father figure, being a good steward of finances and wanting to walk out the promises and plan of God. I, I wanted to go ahead and put Callie to rest myself. Cost about, what, 32 cent for a... 32 cent, just leave it at that, but uh, we, come on, I felt, I felt it, uh, some of the defenses are right now coming up in the room, just receive, just receive, remember, the cat don't represent evil, I don't represent evil in the story, but what represents evil is this, that someone came in and, and poisoned something that was precious to us, and so my wife and all of her love, all of her, her tender heart, she began to get emotional, she began to cry, it was a tough situation, it was, it was bad, they Kids, they struggled with it or whatever. So my wife taught me into, <clears throat> my wife taught me into 
taking this cat to a you know, professional animal hospital, urgent care, emergency center. Just when you hear the word emergency on anything, it usually means it's emergency on your billfold. And so uh, we took the cat in there. And so uh, I, I, in all my you know, ways to try to just go ahead and let the you know, doctor know that we don't believe he's going to make it. So can you just go ahead and kind of give us a thumbs up that it's not? I think uh, the doctor and the nurses, all those heard cha-ching when we walked in the door. So that's what it goes. The little dude, was, he was struggling. He was done. They said this. They told us, that, hey, we think we can do something with the cat. We think the cat will be okay. We think he'll make it. And so just give us this opportunity to live. spend the night. It's going to cost this amount of money. It's going to do this or whatever. You spend the night. We'll see what happens. And so we're all excited. And we're like, okay, cool. The kids are pumped. And I'm going, 32 cent. <laughs> <coughs> What was I thinking? And so, uh, but we do it in the love and, and, and to just, just to show special mercy to our, our children. To this. We let them do this. But this is what happened. We got a call later on that Callie didn't make it. I won't get too graphic, but it was a terrible situation in Roger's home. Uh, it was an emotional time. Uh, Adam, you know... He's an emotional guy. He's like his father. He's emotional. And so I'll just say this. My, my, my son was, was upset that he didn't get to say bye to Callie and didn't get to, you know, you know have the have this, you know, little thing happen right there. And so, uh, you know, it was kind of where we were at. It was, it was a tough time. It was a tough situation. Callie was gone. And um, I didn't cry until we got the $300 bill. <laughs> then I cried, man. And then I cried. I saw I was like I was struggling with this. But here's the truth. They were unable to bring back because of the poison that had been put in. Now, now this is heavy. Now, this is, this is what's truth is. Today, we have this God of grace who loves us, and the blood of Jesus is greater than anything that's been poisoned and put in your mind or heart. So go ahead. Today, we have the opportunity to, re- to receive this grace and for all the poison, all the struggles, everything else to just set aside. But here's the truth. If we don't connect to that, you know what the poison will do? It'll kill you. It'll kill you. Literally, this is an evil that comes in. It's brought forth by the enemy, and he's trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. That's what his goal is. So we have to do this. I I grew up in a very strict Pentecostal-style holiness church. There was a lot of rules, and there were a lot of things there that were very difficult to live by. But here's the truth, and I look back now, and I see some of the stuff was ridiculous. I had a mindset that thought if I could live by the rules, God would love me. It's not true. God loved me. It's period. But this is some things I've learned as I've gotten older. There are some of the things on that list that we need to avoid. There, there are things out there, and there are certain situations and, and, and things that the enemy tries to put into our life that we can do this, that we can just look at and say, well, that's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. What you have to do is this. You have to be very careful because if you allow the enemy to come in, he will come in. And this is his deal. He is evil. He is evil. So we must guard our hearts. We must come to place and realize this. That there's always someone out to try to poison you. So do this. We don't walk in fear of that. We walk in faith and we trust God. We believe that we can overcome any situation. But you need to do this. You need to learn from Scripture. We need to avoid certain situations. We need to avoid certain things. We need to allow the things that they may come in and destroy us. I, I do this all the time. That We need to s- search our heart and ask him to reveal 
Reveal. Reveal the things that may need to be set aside in our life. And we do that, God will, because again, there's always someone out to poison you. I'm going to pick up in verse 8. We're going to find our next point. Verse 8 says this in Acts 14. It says, And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. This is cool. This, this is cool. It was a man he heard Paul speaking, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and he walked. Now when the people saw that Paul, what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconium language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice the multitudes. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes, ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from the useless things to the living God. Hear this. He's saying those things that may be evil, those things that are trying to destroy you, things that are trying to bring you back. Turn from those useless things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and the, uh, all the things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. This point two is this. We see in the scripture today, the point two, number two thing is this, that miracles can be done through anyone that has faith. Miracles can be done through anyone that has faith. We see in the stories where Peter and John earlier in Acts did great miracles. We're seeing in the story here, it says now that we see Paul doing this great work. And we watch this thing, this story begin to unfold, and this is what can take place. I'm thankful for this story. If we're not careful, we can look at it and say, well, that is just what they were supposed to do then. Instead of seeing that this is what we're supposed to do now. And we see this picture here unfold. Well, we see in James 15, I love that. I mean, in, in Acts 15, we see this, uh, verse 15, it says that, Peter, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you. So they're doing this. They start praising these guys as gods. And they're saying, no, don't you just stop this. I want you to see that we're doing these things, and we have a nature just like you. We see the great prophet Elijah spoken through in, in, in the book of James. It talks about him, and it says that Elijah had a nature just like ours. And you know what he did? He spoke, and it stopped raining. He spoke again. It started raining. We heard a story of this testimony of this last week. And we hear these stories sometimes, and we think, these are just these great people in the Word of God, but God wants to do this through us, through you. You know, we're seeing more and more miracles happening in our church. It's happening for this reason, that people are seeing that, wait a minute, God can use me. God can use me. For so long, we thought that, hey, if I can just get them to an altar, or if I can do this, and, and we always do this. You're going to find out at the end of our service, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God's going to move, and people will be healed, set free. I just, I'm just, that's just what's going to happen. I just trust God for that. I just believe that's what's going to take place. But we're seeing in Scripture over and over and over where Jesus did these things, and this is what he told us to do, the very same thing. Very same thing. Look at Matthew 10.8. It says this. It said that Jesus sends out the 12. 
He sends them out. In verse 8, it says that they, he told them to heal the sick. This is quotation, Jesus in red letter. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you receive, freely give. You know who he's told to do this to? Us. So I, I love this. Interesting. People start saying, man, I wonder what the will of God is for my life. What should I do? What is God calling me to do? You know what he's telling you to do? He's telling you to heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. That's what he's calling you to do. Well, what about this? What person should I marry? What person should I do? It don't matter. Marry them and then do this. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cast out devils, do these things. Just go do it. Well, what, what about what? I, I'm just really struggling. What I should do at school, in this workplace, or whatever it is. I don't know. Go to school, go to work, do these things, then heal the sick. Cast out devils. Just go, go do what God's called you to do because this is what he spoke into the word. He spoke this into the disciples. We find in Mark 16. Listen, this is so cool. We see in Mark 16, verse 15. Now he appears to the eleven. He's appearing to 11. This is after he's arisen uh, from the grave. He got on the cross and died for our sins, defeated death, held in the grave. And he comes back. He's speaking to these 11 after he's been resurrected. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these, things, these signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. It's just here. We see this. This is what Jesus did when he was on the earth. This is what he told his disciples to do after he got up out of the grave. This is what he's told the church to do in, in the book of Acts. This is what they're doing. And you know, this is the truth today. He hasn't changed his mind. Now, th- this, is how this, this is how the enemy works. Remember, he's trying to poison us. He's trying to bring evil against us. When certain situations and things arise in our life and diagnoses and things come against us, it's really easy to pull back and think that that name is greater than the name Jesus. Listen, Jesus spoke it, and he said it was finished. It was finished. You know what it was finished? It means this. It means that what he did on the cross was great enough to forgive us of sins forever. It was great enough to heal our bodies. It was great enough to cast out demons, anything that comes against us. And this is who he's told to go forth and do it, us. Now, I, I, I did this because I, I studied this in Scripture. I started looking at these things, and I, I just, because this is a thing I've seen can kind of go this. It can kind of go real far in one direction. It can real, go real far in one direction. And people can put a lot of pressure on themselves in this area. They can allow things to come against them and kind of feel oppressed by so, such a call. Listen, it is through Jesus. It's by Jesus. It's by his stripes we're healed. He did these things for us, but he's called us to do it. You know why? This is why. I know this is elementary theology here for just a moment. It's because he's at the right hand of the Father. And we're the ones here now. And we're his representatives. So we pray in faith. We trust God. And this is what I love. I mean, I just love this church, man. I love what God's doing. I've got a testimony this week of someone who prayed and uh, had prayer for someone at school. And they prayed over someone at their school, and they believe in. And, and, and this person is going through cancer. 
They're going through something that's, again, a tough diagnosis, a tough situation, but they're praying through faith. They're believing, and they're trusting. You know why? Because this word says for us to go do it. And this is what, this is what they have a tendency to do. Well, Jesus, do this. He will through you. Put your hand on your chest for a minute. Smack it. Just a guy through that. All right. You're who he wants to use this morning. I, I want, I, we have to get this. As 29, as the church, as his representatives, he wants to use us. He wants to use you. Well, and, and I love the picture we see in Scripture. We see Peter and John. Now we're seeing Paul. We're seeing 12 sent out. We're seeing groups sent out now. We're seeing all these people. This is why it will happen through anyone that will have faith and would trust for this and believe. And you know why? Because the Spirit of God is like a river, not a lake. He wants to flow through you. He wants to flow out of you. He wants to move through you. So we're going to see more and more of it. We're going to celebrate it when it happens, but we're going to see more of it because here's the truth. This is what God's called us to do. As 29 church, you see over and over and over in Scripture, when God does these miracles through his people, people come to Christ. That's the goal, to get people to Jesus. So we're going to do this in his name, and we'll watch these miracles unfold. So look at your neighbor and say, I got faith for this. I got faith for this. I believe this can happen through me. Amen? Pick up in verse 19. Let's look at what happens next. In verse 19, it says, Then the Jews from uh, Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, look at what they did. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, somebody say gathered around him. When the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city, and the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Third point of the day is this. We must gather around our hurting. We must gather around our hurting. We must gather around our hurting. If anything, I believe the church has struggled with, the body of Christ as a whole, as I've been doing this series, this is the one the Holy Spirit's really illuminated in my heart. We've got to gather around our hurting. There, there are many people, and you know, and some of you are here now, thankful that God, the, the grace of God brought you here, and you gave it one more shot, and you found a place where somebody would love you. But we've got to gather around our hurting. The, the church is notorious for walking away from someone when they when they're down hurting. They're notorious for that. They're well known for being literally ones that see someone in a situation and instead of going and gathering around them, they walk away. I want you to see the picture here, what happens. This is beautiful of what we see here. Paul does this great miracle. Those that were poisoned and deceived came physically, physically, this is a brutal act. If, I mean, if you ever study stoning in, in Scripture, what this looks like, this is a brutal act. They physically stoned him to the point to where they thought he was dead. 
in, in a lot of studies that I read, there's a lot of historians that, that believe that, that uh, scholars that would believe that he, he possibly physically could have been dead. Because they don't leave you until you are. They got a purpose in mind. Either way, he was in this place to the physical place to where they thought he was dead. Some think that in 2 Corinthians, where he talks about seeing in, uh, this picture of heaven and seeing this, this uh, out-of-body experience, they think this is when that could have happened. But in a place where he was physically beat down, the church gathered around him. They gathered around him, and I just, I just want this to settle in our hearts how huge this is. I don't think they gathered around him, pointed at him and laughed at him. I don't, I don't think they gathered around him and pointed at him and talked about him and said, man, I can't believe, man, there he is. We knew he wasn't going to make it anyway. Look, that's what he gets. You remember all those Christians that he killed? Church is good about holding your past against you. Doing certain things, certain situations when we fall or when something comes against us and, and we struggle or whatever. But listen, it's 29. We will not be that church. We refuse to be that church. And I want you to what happens and see what, what unfolds when we're not that church. They gather around him. They don't go into great detail what took place, but you can just, again, see what they've been doing in Scripture. You can see their story and what the Holy Spirit has been doing through these guys. I think they got around him. I believe they joined hands. I don't believe they talked about, man, sorry, pop, no, none of that. I believe they began to gather around him and pray. I believe they gathered around him and they said, there's a, still a work that Paul has, must do. We can't let him here. We can't leave him in this condition. And there's, there's some of you, listen, some of you have laid out of church and missed church for years. And it's because you were wounded and the church did the wrong thing. Right. Listen, Jesus never did that. Jesus never did that. And as a church, we refuse to do it too. So we're going to do this. And w- w- what if we miss it? What if we mess it up? You know what we're going to do? We're going to come to, we're going to repent. We're going to free- ask forgiveness to one another. We're going to put our arms around each other. We're going to move forward. Because here's the truth. No matter how dead you may feel or look right now, there's still a work for you to do. God has, he still has a plan for your life. And so you've got to see this. They gathered around him. And this is what I see happen. I believe they put their arms together. I believe they interlocked. I believe they came against the evil presence of the enemy who was trying to kill him and destroy him. And I want you to watch what happens. Watch what takes place. It's not a, he kind of barely kind of makes it back, man, and they have to carry him into the city. They, they never, and it did, this is what happens. It says that he, he literally, he rose up, went into the city. Dude, this is cool. You know what this is? It, this is? This is signs, wonders, miracles. And this is what he does. Literally, he gets up and he walks into the city. And they had to do this. I, I thought we left him out on the edge of town, dead. No doubt in my mind that more came to Christ that day because of that miracle. 
You know what God's going to do through you? And this is why it's so important, not just for you, but for the church and for the kingdom, that we gather around those that are hurting. And we love them, and we pray over them, and we speak blessings over them. And here's what God can do through you. If you let him today, he'll raise you up. He'll send you forth, and the world will see. God, we've got to gather around and hurt him. Fourth and final point this morning is this. We see in verse 21, it says that, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Fourth and final point is this this morning. Don't quit. Don't quit. He says this. He says that we must continue in the faith. Listen, don't quit. Finish strong. Don't quit. Don't quit. Finish strong. So many people start things they never finish. So many people begin stuff that they never finish. So this is what I've learned to do, man. I don't want to start nothing until I can finish it. I got projects at home. My wife's dying for me to do. Honey, do lists. And she's wondering why I'm avoiding them. I said, but I can't start that until I can finish it. I'm just so, literally, I'll, I'll stay up all night doing it. If I start, I'm going to finish it. And so we have to do this. We have to get to the place where we finish strong. Listen, so many people start a diet. Oh, I felt Jesus in that. I felt, oh, come on. I felt the fences raise up in the roof. They start something. They start a job. They go start doing They start studying. I'm going to go to school. I'm gonna, they start praying. They start stuff. Listen, they don't finish. They don't stop. Listen, we got a God who finished and who got on the cross and said those three words. It is finished. He started it. The Bible says that God is a finisher. He's alpha and omega, beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He finishes what he starts, and this is what he'll do. He told us in Scripture that he that began a good work, Philippians 1, says that he will be faithful and just to complete it. Listen, what has God started in you that you've kind of let sit back on the back burner? What calling, what ministry, what, what desire, what passion is in you? What's there? Listen to me. He's calling you today to move forward and not stop. Don't quit. Keep moving forward. Keep walking this thing out. You can't quit now. Some of you have done this. Some of you have a situation going on. You started praying and you don't think it's going to happen. Listen, don't quit praying. Some people quit praying. At the, at the, I mean, right there at the brink of their miracle. That's why you've got to stay in faith. You've got to stay in this thing. You've got to trust this. You've got to fight the good fight. 2 Timothy 4 says this. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Listen, you've got to finish this thing, man. You've got to stay in it. The rewards of righteousness and the blessings are the things. They're there for the finisher. They're there for the finisher. So you've got to stay in this thing and stay strong. In the Message Bible, 2 Timothy 4 says it this way. This is the only race worth running. I've run hard right to the finish, and I've believed all the way. Every week, there's been two to four things that kind of just the Holy Spirit illuminates in our hearts in these messages, and there's been four this morning. that There'll always be someone trying to poison you. There's things and deception of the enemies at work, and it may be through <clears throat> certain people. It may be through certain things that you've opened yourself up to and have allowed to happen. Um, point two was that, God wants to do miracles through you. He can do it through anyone that has faith. I believe today God wants to do healings in this room. That's what he wants to do in this room today. I want, I, I just, I'm thankful for that. I believe he wants to set people free from the things that the enemies try to brought in, bring in and to bring deception and evil into their life. 
He wants to deliver you from those things. There's some of you that at point three says we've got to gather around our hurting. Some of you have been hurt in the past. Don't give up and quit just because somebody didn't represent Jesus well. Listen, don't give up and quit just because somebody didn't represent Jesus well. They're humans. People mess it up. But this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you today. He wants to bring you here. He wants to just let people gather around you and pray over you today. Love you again. Truly be a representative of who he is. The fourth one was this. Don't quit. Don't stop. Where you're, right where you stand, right where you, where you are. Now I want you to, first of all, I want to ask this question. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him? I'm not talking about just, yeah, I pray some prayer in VBS or I did this and that. Now, have, you, have you surrendered your life to him? Have you said, God, I, you got something greater? And I want to, I just, I, I believe, Lord, today that, I, I, that you, you got on the cross for me. You gave your life. And I want to surrender my life to you, to your plan, your will, for your life. If you haven't never done that or you've done this, you've walked away from him. Certain situation, it may be through someone that you failed or someone, someone failed you and you was hurt and you've walked away. It's whatever the reason. Right now, you're not in a, in a walking relationship with Jesus right now. He wants to restore that and give you life today. That's what he wants to do for you. So I want to ask you this question. If you're here and you'll say, you'll say Terry, I, I'm not walking with Jesus right now. I don't have this relationship with him, and I, and I want to have that this morning. So I want to ask you to do this. If that's you, I just want to pray for you right where you're standing. I want you, but I want to know if you're here, I want you to say, that's me. I want you just to slide your hand up real high, real quick, if you're here. I just want to see that's you. Praise God. I see that, man. I see that. Who else? Raise it up high. Praise God. I see that. Praise God. Who else? Raise it up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Oh, man, this, this, is, this is nothing to be embarrassed about. This is something to get excited about. This is something to get just, I mean, pumped that, man, Jesus brought you here. He, he, he just showed you today how much he loves you, and you're saying, yes, I want to walk with him. Anyone else? Raise it up high. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray right now. Let's pray for those right now who lifted their hand. They, they realize this. They realize that they need to just surrender everything to him. So just do this right now. Just say, just, just right where you're standing, say, Jesus, I believe today that you got on a cross for me and my sins. I believe today that you died, gave your life for me, and were resurrected on the third day. I believe that. I believe today in my heart, my life, that you ascended to heaven that you're going to come again. And then I can go spend eternity with you because of the sacrifice you made. I believe that in my heart. I believe the gospel message, the good news that Jesus loves me. I believe you're starting this work in me and you'll be faithful to complete it and I'll spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name. Because of what right now we know according to Scripture, there's rejoicing in heaven because of decisions made to follow Jesus. Can we just rejoice with heaven right now? Come on, can we just rejoice? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.